Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom. Hope you free broadcast. The most important hour of your day. Is that playing? And for some reason, there's no audio, but good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That is Vince. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Apologize about that. I had a technical difficulty. It was my fault. And we're going to play it here in a second because this is, I think we're at this moment. We're at this moment. So let's play this intro video. And if you know the song, let me know. We're going to play this intro video, then we're going to come back in, and we're going to do this all over again, okay? Let's rock and roll. This is the difference between the power of our Creator and anything else, particularly evil. that you can go into a pitch black room full of evil, full of darkness, and light a little candle, and instantly that darkness flees. But you can't do the opposite. You can't go into a well-lit room full of truth and wisdom and righteousness, and joy and health, and harmony with the universal power you can't take a, any amount of darkness and go into that well-lit room and have any effect whatsoever. That is the metaphor which I frequently think of when I think that I'm not empowered. It is the greatest lesson for me and I think for everybody else to know that we're on the winning side and that we win in the end. All right. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. This is much better. I like the intro that plays, and then we can jump in here. Welcome to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That is Vince Taglavia, my co-host for the night. My name is Josh Reed, and this is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy, the unfolding and unraveling of the globalist narrative to take over this world and usher in a communist totalitarian state. And uh, what we do here is we, we watch the playbook. And, and it definitely is a playbook. And that's interesting because there's some correlation to playbook and some deltas for tomorrow. We're going to go over that. We're going to go over as well. We're going to actually start out with this stuff. So we have, uh, well, let's just take a look at this picture. This should tell you everything you need to know right there. Yep, that's Xi Jinping. And that, uh, you know, it's old McConnell, Harry Reid, Nancy, Harry Reid's now dead. But that just should tell you who's in bed with who. And uh, Feinstein right there. Where's, where's Swalwell? Swalwell's not in the picture, but he should be because he's... Holding uh, the camera. Yeah, holding the camera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But uh, Donald Trump went on a little frenzy today, retweeting a whole bunch of stuff. And this just 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 happened here. Okay. Oh, and he, he posted a, a post here. Uh, I had. Oh, let's just let's just go into this. Let's just drop into this. I want to start here. I think this is going to be good because everybody's coming after Donald Trump. We're not coming after Donald Trump. We're supporting Donald Trump because we do believe that this is the right man for the job. He says, I had great success over the years starting in 2016 in beating Club for Growth, a conservative group of a very nice people who, for whatever reason, fought me all the way. They Then they wanted to get together with me. We're losing a lot, made peace, and we had an unblemished list of endorsement victories. But sadly... Broke over J.D. Vance, who they didn't like, and I did. They spent a fortune against him, but I endorsed J.D. He did great, won big. I guess they now like rhinos. So that's one post. But so this is interesting. He retruths Patriots in Control. This is like one of the first, this is one of his favorites that he's retruthing is the Patriots in Control, right? But this gets better. He does Patriots in Control as, uh, again, as long as we are true to our values, loyal to our citizens, loyal to our citizens and faithful to our God, then we will not fail. But how about this one? It's, is it, it is time. Well, that's an interesting one. And we go down the list, and sure enough, look at this one he retruthed. Put an end to the endless with Q in the left-hand corner with the storm behind him. That's not the only one. He, he, we, we got more. The silent majority is back. How about some Q ones? Did, did, uh, did he get some more Q ones? Oh, he did. Trust me on that one. Let's go here. We got a few more down here. And you got to scroll for him because he went on a retruthing frenzy here. And drain it. Talk about the swamp. He even retruthed uh, how U.S. tax at work. That's ab- absolutely right. Major announcement tomorrow, the 15th. We're wondering what this is all going to be about. There's a few more that he retruthed. I actually have them on my profile. They're not showing up because they were retruths. But uh, right here. So we have uh, this one. (laughs) Yep, he retruthed that. And then this one. And so going into tomorrow, I'm hoping as well as you are that this is not a nothing burger. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. If Donald Trump comes out tomorrow announces his candidacy for presidency, and that's it. I think there's going to be a lot of disappointed people, and a lot of people are going to start kind of just saying, eh, you just lost the midterms. You mean you didn't plan anything? There was, like... I'll be honest. I'll turn my doom and gloom knob up. I will, too. I will, too. Um, This weekend, we saw that uh, the Senate... They called the Senate race in Nevada for... um, What's her name for uh, Cortez Mastio? She's only up by 0.79 points. Now, this is actually too early to call because there's a lot of votes still left out there. Uh, Looks like House Republicans, they need seven more seats. Looks like they are going to get these seats. This is a good thing. There's 19 seats left. Um, Seven for the Republicans is almost guaranteed. So that's good. Um, I want to show you. if I've been kind of going over a lot of stuff this weekend. Um, more particularly, weekend. what's that? It's been a very busy weekend. It, it has. With There's been a lot happening. We're going to, dude, yeah. I got a thousand tabs open. We're going to go through a lot of crap tonight. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff to do tonight. Just a Monday. <laughs> so project. everybody's looking at this right now. So we're at, see, th- this race was too early for them to call, but right when she took the lead, did you notice? Right when she took the lead, they called it. Isn't that interesting? So Laxalt is not out of this yet. Dude, we still got 
two and a half percent left of the vote. Okay, now two and a half percent left to report of the vote. Firstly, it's in Elko, Churchill, Lyon, and Douglas County, all conservative. And then you still got Washoe and Clark, of which they're almost at 50-50 for both of those. So we're looking that he's behind by about, uh, about 7,000 votes. He can make up that 7,000 votes in those three counties. All right? So if you look at these three counties, Douglas County still has 5% left. Lyon County still has 5% left. Churchill County has 6% left. And Elko County has 5% left. Okay, when we go to Washoe, they have 2% left and Clark County 2% left. Now, do you know why they're leaving up Clark County and Washoe and they're not calling it before these other red ones? Why? They got to be able to get the margins. Mm, And then cheat. And then cheat. Yeah. So... What I found interesting, though, and I ran these numbers this weekend, Vince, and this was crazy. What did you discover? Well, think about this. is When you get a ballot, okay, when you get a ballot in your hand, do you just vote for one candidate or do you vote for a series of candidates? I vote for everything. That's right. And, And so typically if you're a Republican, especially Trump Republican, you're voting party line, right? Pretty much. You're just going to vote Republican down the line. Okay. For the most part. Like, yeah. So it's a judge. Right. So national average, and I went through various counties all throughout the country that we kind of like, that nobody's calling out voter fraud in and stuff like that. And I looked at like party line votes. What is the national average for party line votes? Right? Yeah. You should see a fairly congruent line of data. And the midterms are great for this because you have the governor and the senator. So a governor and a senator. So you can kind of just take the votes that the governor and senator are coming in, right? So you take the votes that the governor's coming in and the senator's coming in. You go to the county, right? And you do a comparison. You find out the difference between the votes and then you calculate a percentage. And that percentage is how many people deviated away from party line. So how many people went out there and just voted for senator or just voted for governor? That's really the number we're looking for. Uh, Vince's volume is low compared to Josh's. Can't hear Vince. Try again, Vince. Hey, testing, testing, that testing. That was my fault. My, my fucking... Ah! Monday! All right, you guys, check out... Do a 5-5 five five on Vince right now. Vince, go ahead and sp- speak. Hi. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Good evening. Good to be here. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Happy Monday. That's better. Much better. Right, cool. Mucho better. <laughs> hey, gracias. I had your volume down on my board. But, okay, so... I calculated it, so I went out and calculated the national average, which is about 0.5%. 0.5%, okay? What do you mean? What's 0.5%? So 0.5% oh, the of the people who vote in a county yeah. will deviate and just vote for one candidate. And I was thinking that, you know, at 1% or less, and th- so that makes sense, yeah. Okay. So I went to Nevada, and I calculated this per the county data that we currently had, okay? And I did the mm-hmm. red counties, Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did Lombardo, and then I did Laxalt. Now, the average was 0.43%. Wow. So that was That's a national average. In the sense that the people who voted for Lombardo and the people who voted for Laxalt, about 0.4% people deviated and only voted for one or the other. They didn't vote party line. That's pretty average, okay. right? Well, so then I high. So then I did it for Cortez Masto in Sisolak. Guess what okay. number 
Oh, the average was guess. 25%. No, 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 no. It's not that bad. Oh, okay. Uh, 10%. So there are some counties where 10% for Costo, uh, uh, for Cortez Masto, but the average was 4.7%. So 4.7% okay. of the people that voted for Cortez Masto didn't vote for, uh, for Sisolak. So, and that should be somewhere around 1% or less, typically? Is that, that should be a, a half a percent or less. Half a percent. Seven times larger than the Republicans. Oh, wow. And, and you want to know about how many votes are in that little 4.7%? Yes. About 10,000. What's the margin right now? He's down by 7,000 votes. She took a 9,000-point lead. So you remember the lights went out in Nevada? Yeah. The next day she came back, she had a 10,000-point lead. And this came from two counties, Washoe and Clark County, which Clark County apparently is a Democrat county, right? And just look at the numbers here. So Clark County, Cortez Masto is leading by 52% with 353,000 votes, okay? Sisolak got 305,000 votes. She got 50,000 more votes than Sisolak in Clark County. Right? Wow. But but okay. but look at the vote totals. So let's just look at the governor's race right now, okay? Yeah. I'm going to add this up. 343,339 plus 305,706. Okay, that's 649,045. Okay, let's go to the Senate race. 353,039 um, and then 301,202. 5,196 vote difference. 5, so okay. 5,000 people in Clark County just decided to vote only for Cortez Mastio. So it's like the fraudulent ballots could potentially just be... Single votes. ...what they want to cheat. Yeah, single votes. They're just injecting single vote, vote ballots in there. I guarantee you this is what they're doing. Because when you're time-constrained and you're looking at margins, that's the easiest way to do it. And to cheat quickly. Yep. And we're seeing the same thing in Arizona as well. So, uh, and by the way, I am paying attention to the Arizona results. We are waiting for them. Uh, there's a lot of people live streaming the Arizona results. I've already came out and said my piece on the Arizona results. Uh, Maricopa Batch, 71,000. Oh, whoa. Okay, so 56.82% for Carrie Lake out of 71,000. Okay, that's good. She needs a, a strong... Um, 58%. So 56% isn't going to cut it. She got a net gain of 9,700. So let's go here. Let's go to the governor's race. But basically what I was showing you in the statistical analysis is there's yeah. absolutely voter fraud right now happening in that election. So we have uh, Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs. Uh, Carrie Lake has reduced her um, – or Katie Hobbs has been reduced in the lead – so she's still down by 23,000 votes. Now, is she yeah. going to get that in the next batch? So 71,000 for Maricopa County. We only had 140,000 votes left. Okay. These 71,000 are out of that 140,000 or 160,000. Sorry. 160,000 votes left. 71,000 just came out. Right. And so okay. now she needs 62.55. Thank you, Recost. Now she needs 62.55% of the remaining ballots to win. It's not going to happen, guys. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. Oh, man. Hmm. Wow. Yep. It's not, and this is, what we've, this is what I've been saying. I, at first I said, I don't know what's going to happen. 
After watching this, I'm telling you, they're not going to give the election to Carrie Lake. So looking at Trump's announcement tomorrow, okay, looking at Trump's announcement tomorrow. uh, And one thing I wanted to bring up was this, actually. So where, where is it? Where is it? That's not it. That's not it. Where the hell did it go? <laughs> Don't you love me? Um, I, I guess Brandon Tatum is reporting a new huge vote drop in Arizona, and Carrie Lake has lost. So you yep. may be right. Yeah. I, I'm telling you. We'll see. So a few interesting things. I have to say uh, thanks, uh, Andrew DePew, um, DePew. I think that's how you say his name, on the platform. Good dude went out and put out a um, this decode earlier. Now, I don't know what the percentage is going to be for Kerry Lake, but I found this incredibly interesting. November 13th, Delta was the 5347. Talk about the Senate back in 2018 uh, when we took Senate majority, 5347. But it was interesting that Katie Hobbs and Kerry Lake was also at 5347 on the Fox News with a 5-5 below it, which I found pretty interesting. Definitely. Yep. I found that really interesting. And so that was pretty interesting. If it does come out to those percentages, that's going to be just mind-blowing. As for Donald Trump's retruth today, um, I'm I'm not going to get my hopes up, but if he comes out tomorrow and he's calmed down and he comes out and goes, my fellow Americans, the storm is upon us, and then just announces presidency, (laughs) candidacy for presidency, well, it'll give me some pissed off people. Now, yeah, I have a feeling, and this is my my inner understanding of the whole dynamics of everything. So, people went into this election incredibly prepared. Okay, now, statistically, mathematically, and with software, from Mike Lindell's team to Greg Phillips' team to other mm. players that I believe we're working with Donald Trump. I quite honestly think, Vince, and I'm going to show this right now. We'll go in here. Trump announcement tomorrow coming. What do the Deltas say for tomorrow? Right? So let's go to the Deltas for tomorrow. November 15th, 2019. What advantages might exist when you know the other side's playbook? And then he puts the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition of a trap. Enjoy the show. Okay? The other yeah. Delta for that day, whistleblower traps, March 4th, 2018, in kill brackets. Trap keyword select provided, whole or parts, break slash break. You have more than you know. Future proves the past. So what's that March 4th post say? Well, one is about the mainstream media, right? Do you trust the MSM? Do you trust Facebook, Google, YouTube, Twitter, narrative, censorship? They don't blind, don't, do not blindly believe fake. They want you divided, strong. Together you are strong. Apart you are weak. Organized challenge fight. Do you think if TIFO has grown organically purpose? Uh, watch the news this week. Okay, interesting. And then this one. This is 837 and 838. I think this is the most important that that one is po- uh, pointing to. Listen carefully. Trust. We are fighting for you. God bless you all. Boom. Now, this video right here is the speech that got Donald Trump election. Our movement, right? That speech. I'm not going to play it. It's five minutes long. But it's that speech. I think tomorrow's announcement is pertaining to this. 
I think that this was 100% clearly set up like this. Uh, we have trap. What happened is they stole the election and everybody was watching. Maybe even, I, I, I hate to say it like this, but even the military. You got to remember, Sisa, Sisa and the National Guard were all around at these, these voter centers, 27 states. I think that this is happening. There's also other reason to be looking at what's happening here, okay? So this whole FTX scandal, this oh, is massive. Yeah. Tell me about this. I've, I've read a little bit, but I, I'm seeing a lot of connections, and I don't know what's Fugazi, what's not, but it seems like a pretty cut-and-dry fiasco. Well, what do you know, Josh? Lay it on us. I, I know a lot about this. <laughs> so I've been hammering this since we talked about it last week. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, um, the kind of bl the blank overview for everybody in the regular woke world. Okay. FTX filed for bankruptcy was using user funds to fund loans for a, um, for a company that they created for investments. And a lot of the investments went bankrupt and they were over leveraged about, uh, um, a hundred to one. Okay. So that's kind of, they had a hundred million dollars worth of leveraged accounts of liabilities and $1 billion of cash. And so they basically spent all their money and they went belly flop. That's kind of what the regular public is talking about. Okay. But that's not really the case here. This is so much deeper. Holy shit. This is so much deeper. Um, I, I want to... All right, so let's let's do this. We're going to start here because this actually starts to make a lot more sense when we start dropping these bombs and bringing this in there. Do you remember the yeah. story we covered with MakerDAO? MakerDAO is an automatic market maker. Um, they're kind of like a DeFi platform for cryptocurrency. Remember the co-founder was found dead after a tweet of sex trafficking by the CIA? Yes. Okay, his name was Nikolai Musian. Um, all right, and he was found dead Friday morning in San Juan, Puerto Rico. All right, his last tweet, which was at 2.57 a.m. on October 28th, the CIA, Mossad, and pedo elite are running some kind of sex trafficking and trap and blackmail ring out of Puerto Rico and the Caribbean islands. They're going to frame me with a laptop planted by Max's girlfriend, who was a spy. They will torture me to death. He was found three... He was found three... Uh, just opened office of governor-elect. Oh, okay. He was found three day, uh, three hours later after this tweet. Dead. Three hours later, dead. Damn. But he was found in the water. Now, you know one of the biggest problems with dying in the water? Is you can't determine a time of death. Oh. You can only get an estimate within maybe a six to 12-hour period. Oh, okay. Interesting. After I started researching Nikolai, after this FTX stuff started coming out, I started to realize that this tweet is most likely fake. That someone did this tweet for him after he was already dead. And the reason I'm saying that is because Nikolai is a crypto anarchist. He's against corruption in the crypto industry. So what he does in his spare time, because he's incredibly wealthy, has millions of dollars, and he's been depressed lately, is he tries to uncover companies who are producing fraud and corruption, and he tries to unravel government corruption with these companies. That's what he does for his spare time. And he's a hacker. 
Oh, shit. So after the FTX stuff came out, people started making the connection that Nikolai was actually one of the people who basically figured this out before it happened was going to go public with the information. Oh, so they're just saying they're kind of sending out a fish as a distraction when this was the actual fish that distracted there, them. There you go. So Nikolai's mm. death, so basically Nikolai figured it out. I think he probably contacted these people and was like, hey, look, this is what you're doing. You need to stop this shit and go public with this, and they killed him. And if you're smart, like I'm pretty sure he was, you had a dead man switch. So what happened is um, FTX started having problems. CZ, who's the, the CEO of Binance, right, Chinese dude, comes in and is like, uh, hey, guys, I will help you out. Now, this is their FTX's biggest competitor. Binance is FTX's biggest competitor. So mm. CZ comes in and says, look, I'll, I'll help you guys out. I'll either bail you out with loans or we will buy the company from you. And, and uh, SBF is like, okay, let's do it. Sam um, Bankman-Fried is like, okay, cool, let's do it. And then CZ's, let me look at your books. Now, here's the thing. CZ is not stupid. And a lot of people believe that CZ is kind of a, a prop for the CCP. But CZ is not stupid. He went in there knowing exactly what he was going to find. Okay? So CZ is very competitive, but he's very strategic and methodical. And he understands the scam that was going on in cryptocurrency. You can't be at that level and not know the scam that was going on. Yeah, he pulled an Elon Musk. So what he does is he goes in there knowing what he's going to find. The day that he goes in there, he sells off all of his FTT coin, which is the FTX coin. His, his financial guys come back and say, this is fucked. He pulls back out of the deal, then goes to Twitter and tells all of the Twitter that FTX is bankrupt, that they spent all of your money and used it for loans to their subcompany. Yeah. And so Twitter reacted and everybody started pulling their money out of FTX and crypto started crashing. Right. Okay. Then that night, someone hacked FTX and was withdrawing the money from the wallets. Oh, my goodness. So here's the thing is BitBoy Crypto, he came out and said, SBF, Sam Bankman-Freud, Freed has done this before on other projects where he creates a backdoor to cover his tracks, and then he'll steal the money. He's done it before. BitBoy's actually got the evidence of it. And he goes, this isn't a hack. This is FBF. And people went out there and traced the wallet to where the money was being pulled out of Like, out of personal accounts, people's personal accounts, he was pulling the crypto and the money out and sending it to an, uh, his company. was called Alameda Research or Alameda Capital. He was pulling it to them. So, and then what it was doing, it was deleting all the records behind it. Not oh their blockchain gosh. records, but basically the, uh, the records of, of fraud and corruption. So he was covering his ass with this kind of like dead man switch. Okay, why would he go to that level? And by the way, he was on his way to Dubai. He was detained by the uh, um, uh, Bahamas police. Now I guess he's released and he's on his way to Dubai, which is non-extradition for the United States. Okay, so how does this take a twist? So there's some, there's some connections we're going to look at here. But the first thing I want to do is I want to talk about the Ukraine part, okay? Because the Ukraine part, I think, is what really is going to bring this all together. And I got a whole bunch of stuff open about this. Um, and if they do come out and call it for um, for Hobbs, please let me know. There it is. Okay. You got it. Okay. So in 2021, Ukraine legalized cryptocurrency. 
Okay? Yeah. So we all know this. 2021 Ukraine legalized cryptocurrency. Um, the guy that heads this, I'm for, I can't pronounce his name. His name's in here somewhere in the article. Um, he's good friends with Sam Bankman-Fried. Now, in March, after the war with Russia came about, okay, FTX came in and created a web portal for Ukraine. So they could take crypto donations. They brought in about $100 million worth of crypto donations. Okay. Now, everybody's trying to tie that web portal to money laundering through Joe Biden. No, sorry. That doesn't work. Oh, really? No. You have to go go deeper. Because think about this. U.S. has given aid to Ukraine, goes to the Bank of Ukraine. How does that then go to cryptocurrency on a donation platform? There's, there's some steps missing here. Hmm. But I want you to listen to Sam Bankman. Uh, talked. I want you to listen to Sam here. This is a minute and 55 seconds long. You have to listen to what he says specifically here, and I'll stop it when he says it, okay? Says it. We were talking about philanthropy, and I know you set up, working with the Ukrainian government, ways to use crypto to raise money for the government. I just wanted to ask you quickly, because obviously they've also changed the rules, concerns about sort of spillover effects and substitution away from their currency. Yep. How much money did you raise and what do you think about this as you know, a tool for the governments, but also the risks associated with it too? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that that gets to the point that this can be a great thing for the world. I think it can also be a really messy thing. Um, but I, I, I think that, that at its core, you know, we've we've seen uh, millions of dollars go through, um, you know, the systems we, we've given, I think something close to a million ourselves as well, uh, to support, uh, you know, humanitarian aid um, and, and growth in Ukraine. And I, you know, I think when you think about what it would take to get, uh, you know, to get funds both to the, the government there, where we do have a relationship with the Ukrainian government um, for raising capital um, for them using cryptocurrencies um, that, that runs through FTX, Boom, right there. Listen to what he says right here. He's not talking about the donation platform when he says this. ...government um, for raising capital um, for them using cryptocurrencies um, that, that runs through FTX. Um, so understand this is Ukraine came out there and they, cre- they legalized cryptocurrency. This means that that country now is able to accept cryptocurrency as a legal tender. This means that Ukraine would have had to have created a crypto infrastructure... For the government to operate it. They'd have to have a a crypto exchange basically come in, Mm -hmm. use APIs, go in there and have wallets set up and some type of transactionary mechanism to move money back and forth from cash to crypto. Okay? The question is, is who did Ukraine use to do this? He just told us. FTX. That was in 2021. So not only that is Ukraine would have to keep a certain amount of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in reserve in order to facilitate all the transactions happening within their country. Where is okay. that crypto stored? Where was the $100 million of crypto stored from the donations? And where was all this crypto stored? It was stored on FTX, an API for FTX. Now, this is where it gets good. U.S. taxpayer money comes into the Bank of Ukraine. The Bank of Ukraine has the back-end system that is set up with FTX. That's where the money is flowing through the Bank of Ukraine from the tax dollars into FTX, giving cash to FTX. FTX gives them crypto, 
Okay? And then this is where the SBF scam comes in. So, here's the scam. Is he was taking the user's money, pulling it out into Alameda, okay? And then cooking the books, showing the user's money still there. Okay? So there's actually no liquidity. So when he shows that, that he cooked the books, as long as not everybody goes out there and takes all their money out at once, he's fine. But you remember what CZ did? Is he went out there and called the bullshit and everybody went into FTX and caused everything to collapse. So wow. CZ did that because it benefits him because he's Binance. Now he's the largest crypto platform in the world. He doesn't have to worry about a competitor. Plus it takes out like 30 other competitors. It's a Ponzi scheme to begin with. I've never done business with them. We've never even talked about them. But... Think about this. Is so the U.S. tax dollars go to the Bank of Ukraine. The ba Bank of Ukraine has the integrated platform set up the API from FTX to buy, purchase, sell, and, and, and store cryptocurrency. U.S. taxpayer right. dollars go in. They buy Bitcoin. They buy Ethereum. few million dollars at a time. That goes into FTX into anonymous wallet accounts. What does Sam, uh, Sam Bankman Freed do? He goes into those money accounts, that actual legitimate money, pulls it out into Alameda, donates $27 million to the Democrats. Taxpayer dollar, full circle. Boom. Yeah, so he's keeping the price up as people are buying in and then bundling the money to his own company and then outward. Wow. So, well, here's the thing is about Alameda. There's about 168 companies that they were investing in. So this is like seed capital money. So it's kind of startup capital money. So they were, he was taking the money out of FTX, loaning it to Alameda, going into Alameda and funding all of these small companies. Well, the problem is with these companies is you go in there and you look at them like on Crunchbase or something, you got no picture. You got a name, yeah. you got a website with one page, little information, and Unknown one news people. brief. These are shell companies. So basically yeah. what he was doing is he was taking that, that $10 billion in loans, giving it out to these fake companies, and then what that company would do is donate to the Biden administration. Donate to the Democrats. My gosh. This is corruption on another level. This is, oh, this isn't even the beginning of it, dude. How about this one? Who else did he give money to? This is a Schedule A FEC Form 3X. That is $20 million. Okay? So this is FTX Digital Marketplace. Congressional Leadership Fund. Wait, that's the GOP. That's Mitch McConnell. Oh, my gosh. So they were giving money directly to... The GOP leadership, Mitch McConnell, as well. Why was Mitch McConnell all about giving aid to Ukraine? Why were all the Rhino Democrat or Rhino Republicans giving money to Ukraine? Their pockets are getting lined. Pockets are getting lined. My gosh. What else we got here? Oh, well, how about this? These are these are huge crimes, dude. The military should do something, and that's that's serious. Okay, well, how about this? Sam Bank, uh, Bankman-Fried, CEO of FTX, MIT gr uh, grad. Okay. Hmm. Um, Caroline Ellison, CEO of Alameda, uh, data Bankman, uh, dated Bankman-Fried. Fried. She's the daughter of Glenn Ellison. Glenn Ellison is professor of economics at M MIT and former boss of Gary Gensler. Gary Gensler is the head of the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. Whoa. Gary Gensler is the one who's been pushing for crypto regulations and working with who? Sam Bankman-Fried. Here's uh -oh. the thing, is they knew 
this was happening. The SEC ignored it. Oh, how about this? Glenn Ellison? This guy is a, a, um, a genius, okay, and has written papers on game theory. Oh. Guess what they pertain to? Scams? No, how what? to how to drive technological um, uh, market progression. So how to take a technology and hyperinflate it to billions of dollars in a short period of time. Whoa. Well, that's pretty interesting, right? So FTX was released five days after Joe Biden's inauguration. Within one month, they're a multi-billion dollar company. Glenn Ellison. Oh, my gosh. Glenn Ellison has also written um, papers on uh, depopulation and game theory of how to reduce and how to manipulate the population into doing your will. He's a sociopath. Oh, this, this is not, this is, oh, how about this one? His mother, Barbara Freed, right? So April 20, uh, so Joe Biden announces his presidential campaign 13 days later, May 8th, 2019, Sam Bankman Freed, son of Barbara Freed, co-founder of the political fundraising, so Barbara Freed is co-founder of Mind the Gap, a political fundraising organization as well as get out to get out the vote organizations, including the Center for Voter Information. So 15 days after the inauguration, sorry, it wasn't five days, 15 days, he launches FTX Crypto Exchange. The exchange is an overnight success, became a multi-billion dollar business. So Mrs. Freed launched grassroots Democrat PACs in 2018. Now, why is this interesting? Because the Center for Voter Information, what is it? Does that sound familiar? Where is it from? Well, do you remember, like, if you go to, like, cities, you know how Zuckerberg had the ballot box things and stuff like this? Well, in each one of these very, very liberal cities, you have these organizations that go out there and be like, hi, have you registered to vote? And would you sign this to register to vote and vote Democrat, right? That's the organization she ran. Well, hold on a second here. Do you remember a movie called 2,000 Mules? Of course. Where were those mules going... To get the ballots. Ah. They were going to the nonprofits like the Center for Voter Information. Oh my gosh. Ran by Barbara Freed. So this is happening right during this election, and it ties back to election fraud. So the $27 million that the Democrats took this election, okay, is tied to money laundering. Massive money laundering. Not only this, is Nikolai most likely that that tweet was not lying, okay? So how do you basically launder money from illicit activities? Crypto. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. Deep Web's been doing it for years. Yep. Criminals. So how about this one? Um, uh, Gabe Bankman-Fried, brother of Sam, also former Jane Street trader, is founder of Guardians Against Pandemics. Oh, that's interesting. He was a legislative correspondent for the U.S. House of Representatives and advisor to the large political donors in the Democrat Party. That's his brother. The family aunt, Linda Freed, is a World Economic Forum member on the Global Agenda Council for Aging. The father, Joseph Bankman, um, is a Stanford professor who has lobbied on behalf of hedge fund managers before Congress um, before his exit. FTX head of ventures and commercial and FTX uh, ventures, Amy Wu, started with the Clinton Foundation years ago. Nishad Singh, FTX director of engineering, spent over $8 million for Democrat campaigns. Um, Obama's commodity futures trading commissioner, Mark Wenshin, was literally the head of FTX policy and regulation. Then there's this guy, Gary Wang, okay? 
Who's this? Yeah. So it's interesting. This this Wang guy. So he's one of the head guys at FTX, and he's from Sequoia Capital. Sequoia Capital had a large stake in uh, FTX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's go to Sequoia Capital. All right. And this is where it kind of gets interesting. Let's look for Mr. Wang. Gary Wang, FTX. And here's Gary Wang's picture. Notice anything? Where the fuck's his face? There is no information whatsoever on this guy. He's a ghost. So, Sequoia Capital wasn't the only company invested in them. Um, there's another company out there, maybe you've heard of them, BlackRock, who is the, one of the largest shareholders in FTX. Sounds familiar. Um, as wow. well as one of the main reasons that they jumped up the glory was because of, uh, well, the World Economic Forum. Look at that. Directly sponsored by the World Economic Forum. Yeah, they were pushing it on their website, which is now yeah. gone. But now, look at that. Oh, sorry, this is gone now. We don't want to be associated with this. So I have Too to late. say, is Sam Bankman-Fried did not kill himself. And he's yeah, doing- this really is probably the number one thing. This is big, man. This, this is, is a house of cards. Maybe this is yeah. This might be that card on the bottom, right on the edge. That's toppling it all. Yep. This is a house of cards. And if this falls, which I do believe if the right people get in, this is going to fall. Okay. And, and listen and to this. The this timing, is the timing is impeccable. The timing is incredibly impeccable. L- listen to this though. L- this is a month ago that they talked about this. Check this shit out. You know, Bankman Freed, FTX. I've been teeing Cahota's up on this a little bit. How does this guy, ex- how does he keep doing what he's doing? When anyone tries to pin SBF down on where he made his money, you can't get a cogent answer. And and in his trade, you needed real money up front in the place on this country crypto arbitrage to make big money. Right. And simple things as who financed you, because you clearly didn't have the money. And his partner is a guy named Gary Wang. And no one can find shit on Gary Wang. And he's on the board of advisors of Sequoia. And I shit you not. You look up Sequoia stuff, there's a picture of Gary Wang of his back facing a computer. There's no picture of Gary Wang. So Gary Wang is the same CTO or the chief technology officer of FTX? Allegedly. Okay. Allegedly. And, and, but there's a chief regulatory officer of FTX, and his name is Dan Friedberg. And if you Google Dan Freeberg poker scandal, he was the general counsel of, I don't know if it was Ultimate Bets or one of those Me Too sites where they basically cheated against players. Then you take into account that SBF is bailing out known Ponzi's and frauds in the crypto space. Everyone who's gone bankrupt or is a proven fraud. And somehow through that, Cartoon Network has painted him as the J.P. Morgan of crypto, which makes absolutely no sense. He's not the J.P. Morgan of crypto because he can't sit there, look at you straight in the face 
and explain anything. Nothing of this story fits. And normally in stories, I can get five or six things that fit and move on. But nothing here fits. Everyone, everything reads like this thing is a complete scam. And I think this thing is dirty and rotten to the core. You know, ben- so interesting, isn't it? And that aired October 11th, a month before that even happened. Now, what he's saying there is basically Sam Bakeman Freed was a puppet. He probably didn't even know that this was going on. So it's like a fall guy. Most likely. So basically, it, well, yeah, I want to, I want to show you guys something too, because if you go to, uh, if you go to his Twitter, so he'd been silent and he just posted this, this thread. What? He says, what? And then he spells out in letters, what happened? What? Yeah, isn't that odd? Really? Yeah. What happened? No way. Now, you know what's interesting about yeah. that? What? Now, now, this all ties into uh, the Clinton Foundation, right? Yeah. Um, I think he's trying to tell us who's going to kill him. How? I'll show you in a second. If oh. he dies, I think he's naming his killer. That's just kind of my thought and theory on it. Mm. I'll show you here in a second. So this might be far out there, but would you be surprised to find out that Gary Wang just happened to be the smartest guy that Joe Biden knew knows? Oh God, really? What? I'm just saying. You never know. Oh, maybe. Well, do you know what Hillary Clinton's new book's called? No. It's called What Happened. Oh. Dude, you gotta be kidding me. No. Isn't that odd? No. That this guy would come out there and and write what happened on his Twitter in that amount of letters, okay? He's directly tied to the Clinton Foundation. <clears throat> you know where he was two weeks ago? No. With, with, with the former Prime Minister of the UK and former President Bill Clinton at the Clinton Foundation talking publicly at a summit. This week, oh. the whole fallout occurs. Uh-oh. Okay. He might blow the whistle. Well, guess what? He is blowing a whistle. He is blowing the whistle. I think he's going to. I think he's on his way to Dubai, and I don't think he's going to make it. But also, do you know what FTX was also donated in? What they donated? No. Who else they donated to? Haiti Charities. Uh, uh, So they're basically... Clinton Foundation. Yeah. They own a small town in Haiti. So you have to understand is that FTX was being utilized in... So what Nikolai was saying is that the Mossad and CIA are running a human trafficking, child trafficking ring out here. Yes. FTX was the mediator for all the money. This is how they funded their operations in that area. Human trafficking, child trafficking, um, giving it to relative select charities, all these small businesses that we're funding we're most likely the shell companies that are operating within these countries. Boop, bloop, bloop. Yeah. Holy cow. This brings down the fucking house of cards, quite literally. You're talking U.S. taxpayer dollars. Dude, the congressmen are even talking about it. 
Like, I was posting this two days ago. People are like, oh, you're a fucking conspiracy theory. There's no proof or evidence of him. Like, dude, their whole back end of their crypto infrastructure in Ukraine is built off of FTX's API through the Bank of Ukraine. U.S. dollars are going to the Bank of Ukraine, and they're flowing magically all the way around back from Sam Bankman-Fried directly to the Democrats, $27 million. He said... Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I'm going to donate over a billion dollars to the Democrats the next year to beat Trump. Where's that billion dollars coming from? Here's the thing, is what you just listened to those investors saying. Nobody can explain how this guy made his fucking money. He can't even explain where he made his money. You, you like To make $30 billion is what he was estimated to be worth. How do you make $30 billion from arbitrage trading? It was because they were stealing the user's money, cooking the books, and going out there and spending it, and then giving kickbacks to all the politicians and fucking regulators. And then they were washing money through human trafficking, drug trade, arms trade, all this other shit, and funneling it directly to all their counterparts that needed the money. It was one big Ponzi scam against the people in a criminal organization in the back end to funnel and launder money. You got Joe Biden, Democrats, Ukraine, um, human trafficking, child trafficking, charities, NGOs, nonprofits, laundering money, all tied up in this. This points directly to Gary Ginsler, the head of the SEC. This goes directly to Hillary Clinton, the Clinton Foundation. This goes to the World Economic Forum. This goes directly to BlackRock, the whole house of cards. Boom. Oh. Boom, TikTok, all of that. Let's go. Well, here's the problem. Yeah. Is anything going to happen? Yeah, that's the $10 billion question. <sighs> Tomorrow's going to be anticipated. Yep. So, but here's the thing. Is we're going to go over some more news. I, I, I look the, the, the FTX thing is big. That's why we had to cover it in depth, in detail, and that's not even the half of it. I There's so because... much more. Yeah, so, I appreciate that. So we're going to have about thirty, forty thousand people watch this episode, okay? From all of our channels, go to my Telegram and scroll up, okay? My Telegram is um, at t dot me t period me slash Red Pills TV. I do a thorough explanation of all of this. If you scroll up, mm-hmm. there's like a five-page breakdown of all of this. Okay. Okay. Link in the chat. Right. With with graphics so people can check that out. Okay. Oh, 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 how about this? We'll, we'll go back to this real quick. I want to go back to this. Where is it? There it is. Sam Bigman Freed. Okay. This is his profile picture on Twitter. For those that are listening in the audio, it's a red shirt with a circle loop and a heart. Where have you seen that symbol before? Oh, shoot. What's the connection? Drop it on me. That's the FBI symbols for child lovers. Yep. Pedos. Yeah, and there's another symbol connection, too, to that. Yeah, Alameda Capital. So Alameda Capital, um, the company... Is that symbol? It's a triangle with a line under it that goes all around. Unbelievable, dude. Yep. It's sickening. Oh, it's a deep rabbit hole, man. It's but I'll deep. tell you, it was when you start talking about the Clinton Foundation and child trafficking and hating all this stuff. 
<laughs> you don't want to be popular. <laughs> I know, right? You know, if it, now's the time, though. If everybody says it at once, what are they going to do? Yeah. Well, Their last death throws is what it's going to be. Don, I wasn't going to. So, Don Mega, I wasn't going to go there yet, but you're absolutely right. Trump's 13848 executive order on election fraud and seizing assets as well as human trafficking. Donald Trump just a few days ago said, who should get death penalties? He said this. Human traffickers. Human traffickers and drug dealers. I think he knew it was happening. Absolutely he knew what yep. was happening. I think anybody with any type of wealth that's well-connected knows something or at least could smell the stink around them. And that's what they all say. How about this one? Carrie Lake supporters call for military intervention to stop election fraud in Arizona governor race. Um, that's kind of big. And the reason yeah. I say that's pretty big is because um, this election was definitely stolen. And here you go. Thank you, Klein BMX. Q4959. Uh, what groups are financing Ukraine? Why are they financing Ukraine? Why was Hunter in Ukraine? What did Pop threaten to withhold from Ukraine? A billion dollars who benefits? What did Pop receive in return? Why is Hunter not in jail? Think blackmail, bribes, extortion, threats. How do you control a leader? How do you control a country? Are you ready to take back control? Your vote matters. You have all the tools you need. And this, I think, is, is not only hinting at 2014 Ukraine, but current situation that we're talking about here. I would agree with you. It fits perfectly, doesn't it? Thank you for that. Okay, so Kerry Lake supporters are calling for military intervention to stop the election fraud in the Arizona governor's race. Um, despite now, this is where this gets fucked up because we know Kerry Lake's going to lose now. Despite only seventeen percent Democrat turnout on election day, Katie Hobbs and Democrats are winning over fifty percent of Maricopa County on election day totals. Now, let me explain this. Throughout the election cycle, um, Uplift Data has released hourly results on the Arizona and Maricopa County elections. Okay. Okay. The latest updates on mail-in ballot counts on its website as ballots arrived in the weeks leading up to the election day. This was a great tool for Democrats to understand real-time results. On election day, Uplift tracked the hourly reported results from precincts across Maricopa County. When the polls closed at 8 p.m., Uplift released the final analysis of the day. Maricopa County turnout numbers on election day at 8 p.m. Okay? This is Maricopa County turnout numbers on election day at mm -hmm. 8 p.m. 52.7% Republican. 30.7% other. 16.6% Democrat. Yeah, dude. I saw this. How this does that make any sense? Does it? it doesn't make any sense, does it? So... The other category is likely independents leaning Republicans and Republican voters who refuse to take liberal pollsters. Um, here is the uplift final count chart. Okay. And so you're seeing a massive number of voters going. So again, according to uplift data track and service, Republicans had 52.7% of the vote on election day. Democrats had 16.6% of the vote on election day. The U.S. Today reported on Wednesday, November 9th, that Kerry Lake won 70% of election day votes. Since Tuesday night, Maricopa County has slow-walked their actual results to the press. Katie Hobbs won every ballot dropped except two from Maricopa County since Tuesday, extending her lead over Cary Lake by 34,000 votes. Katie Hobbs won more Election Day votes in Thursday and Friday's ballot drops. Cary Lake won 51.8% of the 85,000 Maricopa ballots on Saturday night. 
On Sunday, Kerry Lake won 54% of the 97,000 Maricopa ballots on Sunday night. Maricopa County election officials want you to believe that all the independent votes on election day voted Democrat in Maricopa County. Maricopa County election officials want you to believe that Democrats had 16.6% vote on election day, and this translated to over 50% of the votes as the votes were counted since election day. Okay? Biggest return for Maricopa County 21. Okay, so this is just going over the numbers. So basically, Katie Hobbs has led this whole race. Democrats only had 16.6% of the return ballots on election day. Okay? 16%. Katie Hobbs had 52.7. Or not, uh, Carrie Lake had 52.7. Who was leading on election night? Katie. Katie Hobbs. With only 16% of the voter turnout. So they're they're expecting to believe that the 30%, all 30% were Democrat. Guess what? This is the same thing they do in Colorado. And Washington State and Oregon and probably everywhere. Well, they're not voting Republican. That's why would they do that? And we talked about the 57, 40, yeah. We talked about the 53, 47, right? Yeah, I think. I yeah, I, so. I, I touched on it in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the percentages. Michelle Switnick, a good friend of mine. I've had her on the show before, been on her show multiple times. Uh, she was an election judge, and she believes mm-hmm. the, ba- the, the machines were programmed to reject ballots on election day. I think uh-huh. I actually have some video of this. So, uh, where's that video? I think I have some video of this somewhere. Come on, where's there? Yeah, we definitely saw it being reported. Well, we oh, I have video of it. I, I do have video of it. Hold on, let me let me pull up the video of it because, dude, okay. I'm there's no way I'm gonna finish by eight o'clock. I got so much more. There's so much shit happening. I like it like this, man. Up oh, there, it go. is good. All right, here we go. This is what you saw in Maricopa County. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, go ahead. Oh, doesn't oh. like it already. Oh. Keep pushing it little grab it. Yeah. Nope. Can I come over here now? Sure. It's never going to go through, is it? His just did. Guy in front of you. So, what Michelle Swetnick was saying was that these voting machines were programmed to reject votes. She said after 3 p.m. So basically what's happening is that guy's vote like that is they would put it into this, this third envelope binder and they would have to be yeah. taken to not votes and voted later. Okay. But here's the thing is she's saying that those votes that people put into those, um, those, those, those enclosed blank, she says they were never counted. Nobody ever saw them counted. Nobody knows where those votes went. And this was happening at every single Republican voting precinct. And it happened at zero liberal precincts. Now, guess what? I was live on the radio on Election Day in Western New York, Rochester. And I said, if you're having problems voting, call in. Nice. Every single person that called, over probably nine of them, I think. You want to know what they all told me? Broken machinery. When I put my ballot in, it spit it back out multiple times. The same issue throughout the country. They stole this election. Now, do you want to know what I think that, that machine was doing with that? What? My theory is this. Is that when that ballot goes in, and get spit out. The machine is counting that as a vote for the opposite. 
So it spits it in one, two, three, four. It reads a ballot. It goes into the system, pulls something, boom, that's a ballot for Katie Hobbs. Then it finally accepts the ballot for Carrie Lake, five to one ratio. Same thing in New York State. You remember when Lee Zeldin was down by, by what, 70%? He was only winning 30% of the vote, and it made no sense whatsoever? How do you get that? He, he was losing wow. Republican strongholds. Why? Yeah. Ballot in, ballot out, ballot in, ballot out. Three to one odds on, on, on Hochul over Zeldin. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, let's move on. Where are we at? Okay. Okay, we did the 17%. So Uh, this means there was a red wave, by the way. Oh, this means there was a massive red wave. So Penske trucks at Maricopa County Elections Office going to printing stations, printing presses, before going and dropping off the ballot boxes. Those printing companies need to be investigated immediately. Yeah, those Penske trucks. They destroyed everything. Well, how about this? Now, we know that Katie Hobbs has like a a large vote. So this was interesting on election or so on election night, Bill Gates, which is the election official there in the Senate for uh, Arizona. Mm -hmm. Originally, there was like, um, I think it was, fuck, what was the number? It was like 795,000 votes or something like that had been received. And then they mm-hmm. came out and they changed the number by 75,000. 75, now listen to what he says about this 75,000 number. Of course, it's just going to spin. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> His face. Yep. That are actually election day votes in person. And then the rest of the 75,000 are late earlies dropped off on election day. We do not know where these are from. What did he just say? We don't know where they're from. We do not know where these are from. These could be from anywhere in the county, all 75,000. This is not picked out of a certain area. These are not pulled by precinct. Uh, And so then the... And, And nobody's yelling about that? So Katie Hobbs is apparently going to win by 30,000, 40,000 votes, and these 75,000 votes, just nobody knows where they came from. Just showed up. You know where I think the 75,000 votes were from? And, why they, and I don't think they counted them, by the way, because they didn't know where they were from. Mm-hmm. Remember where Michelle Swetnick was just saying about the ballots, and they had to put them into a box, and they said they are going to be counted later? Yeah. There's your 75,000 votes. Huh. Works. Wow. And then the cameras went back uh, dark in the Nevada ballot counting facility and then turned back on, and she uh, was winning by 9,000. This is something that, you know, they're saying, I had people argue with me about this one, that people in Arizona don't vote party line. I call bullshit on this. But Kimberly Yee, who was the incumbent, okay, Republican Secretary of Treasury, right, she got more votes than Katie Hobbs. Like, how does... She's a Republican. She's the only Republican that won about all of this. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Trump was right about everything is trending. Love it. These sons of guns. Yep, I think he, he's posting again on truth. Let's see. 
I'm going to bring this up. I want to see if Donald Trump is posting. I like it when Donald Trump posts. Nope, no new post. Okay. Uh, the people of Brazil and the military still continue to work together to overcome the stolen election. And so we're, we're waiting to see what happens with this. Uh, Bolsonaro has not conceded yet. But uh, Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania did. If you saw yesterday, Lee Zeldin, Doug Mastriano, they've all conceded. Yeah. Seeing it in a lot of states. It's really sad. With rampant voter fraud, they're conceded. I just can't do it. So this is about the best description I ever saw of the Democrats. Congratulations to the Senate Democrats for suddenly pulling ahead and winning surprise victories by the perfect margins four days after the polls closed in the dead of the night, only in states with mail-in voting. For the second time in a row, we'd never seen anything like it in 244 years. No kidding. Sounds about right to me. Oh, yeah, I love this. I love that thread. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> well done. Well written. Yep. Well, let's get into uh, what's happening around the world. Ireland considers enacting a bill criminalizing the possession of hateful material. This is no fucking joke. Um, so if you remember, in Britain, they have toxic ideology that's basically unfolding. Well, now the proposed criminal justice system in Ireland is coming out with what's called the Incitement of Violence and Hatred and Hatred Offenses Bill of 2022, which criminalized the possession of material deemed hateful. It's a full frontal assault on speech and associated rights. The law would allow for sweeping authoritative measures in defining opposing viewpoints hateful. Ireland appears to be picking up the, the cutilage of speech criminalization from Britain and abuse of power once used against the Irish. The law is the free speech nightmare. Even before addressing the crime at a possession of harmful materials, the law would provide for an offense of condoning, denying, or grossly trivializing genocide, war crimes, crimes against humanity, and crimes against peace. The crimes of condoning, denying, or grossly trivializing criminal conduct would make most um, autocrats blush. The lack of any meaningful definition invites arbitrary enforcement. The law expressly states the intent to combat forms of expressions of racism and xenophobia by means of criminal law. Um, what does this mean? Is if the government comes out and says that my podcast is spreading disinformation because it disagrees with the narrative and you downloaded it on your phone through Podbean? Yeah. You can be arrested. That's what that law is saying. Guilty by association type of stuff. Yep. How about this one? This is uh, China. So parts of China are down, broken down in the martial law. And here you go. This is, uh, this is happening in China today. Yep, he's getting his ass kicked. People are getting arrested for protesting. Getting his ass kicked. Using that Chinese kung fu. Hi-ya! Hi-ya! Stop fighting him. Oh, my. Yeah, they whooped his ass. Why? Why are the, uh, the quarantine police whooping people's asses? I don't know. All right, what else we got? We got, there we go. This should say all you need to say right here. How about this one? Well, I tell you what, it it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. We got Democrats in charge of the machines in Ohio. Nice one, Barry. That's right, Barry Satoro. Wow. All right. Uh, So 
there's rumor out there, and I talked to, uh, I, I actually interviewed um, uh, Ivan Racklin the other day, and he's the big guy on talking about Trump as Speaker of the House. There's, there's right. rumor that this could be a possibility, that tomorrow he might even come Absolutely. out and say that uh, I've put in my nomination for Speaker of the House. That's a possibility tomorrow as well. Now, that would be absolute meltdown. I think he was waiting for the, the House to get called, but hmm. this could be big time if that does happen. Uh, because he'd be third in line to presidency. They're not going to get rid of Biden, but they could potentially, Congress can actually vote to 25th Amendment him. Right. Yep. <laughs> wow. Um, so wh- wh- how would you feel if Trump did that tomorrow? <sighs> Do you want more? Because you want to know what I want? You want to know what I want? I want to see after all this fucking time. You want to know what I want to see? Boots on the ground. I want to see them come out and say, this is what I want Donald Trump to do tomorrow. My fellow Americans, okay. the storm is upon us. What I'm about to tell you is the truth as I've experienced it, as I know it, and as we can prove. Over the course of the next few hours, my team's going to be releasing series of documents and information that I have declassified multiple times times this is declassified materials this is the materials that the fbi was after at the mar-a-lago raid and we are releasing this right now on true social and i'm asking you to distribute it across all of the internet and then we have hillary clinton's emails crossfire hurricane all this stuff start getting released all right then he comes out and goes we set a trap this election period for the democrats we were watching Not only were we watching, we got it all. And then then I just hope he just continues with that that narrative. That's what I want to see. If I really, if we don't see that tomorrow, if it's just, I'm running for president in 2020. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. If that's all he does is just comes out there, hoorahs, and says, I'm running for president in 2024, um, they won. That's that's my thoughts and feelings on it. Is that not not they won told completely? We still have we still potentially going to get to Congress, but um, that there's going to be problems for MAGA. It'll be an uphill battle from here for sure if that's the case. Yeah, yeah and, no and doubt. I know. Don't hold your breath. I'm just saying th- this is what I would like to see. It's speculative. This is what I would like to see. Okay. Yeah, and Trump's speech, for anybody who's wondering, I see a comment, Callie, over there on Facebook. It's yeah. live tomorrow at 9 p.m. It'll be right in the middle of our show, and we'll hop over right to it. We're jumping right going. to it. Right when he comes on, we're jumping into it. All right. BRICS Plus and Western Global Order are the new axes and allies. This is Kim.com. The end of U.S. hegemony um, and the U.S. dollar as world reserve currencies near the next expansion of BRICS Plus will have a GDP 30% larger than the U.S., over 50% of the global populations, and 60% of oil and gas reserves. Multipolar is inevitable. What have I been saying about BRICS since the beginning? What have I been saying, Vince? It's bringing down the rest of the world. It's bringing down the Western global order. What did I say Donald Trump did when he traveled the world? He set up this BRICS alliance and basically negotiated in the backdrop how to take down the new world order. With the BRICS alliance. There it is. It's fucking happening. 
Yep. It's funny, though. They still act. They act larger. You know, they always say the world is going to do this. The world is going to do that. You're talking less than what Bricks is when you're saying the world uh, or they when they say right. the world. Just saying. So uh, U.S. President Joe Biden told reporters on Monday he didn't see China invading Taiwan anytime soon after he had a direct and straightforward meeting with uh, Chinese leader Xi Jinping. The two leaders met face to face in Bali, Indonesia on the sidelines of the G20. That's where Joe Biden is wearing the Xi Jinping coat. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, That was weird, huh? It was weird, man. It's fucking absolutely ridiculous. And did they just announce Hobbs? Did they? That's what I'm getting. Let's see. Let, let me see. I'm going to go to Twitter. Um... There it is. Katie Hobbs wins election for Arizona governor, defeating Carrie Lake. I should win by 3% and Kerry Lake should win by 11%. If that doesn't happen, you know the real story. That's from Finchman. Um, yep, Kerry Lake was up as high as 11%. Yeah, dude, this is... They stole it, but guess what? Told you so. What, <laughs> Told you so. <laughs> that was a fast one. <laughs> I've been saying it for days. She's not going to win. They're, I, I said they're not going to let... Carrie Lake win. They they could net. You know, we talked about many different situations that could come out for this election period, right? We said that they would go for the steal, that they would take the governors, the state houses, they would they would take the Congress and the Senate. Guess what? They're going for the Congress. They're gonna fucking take the Congress now. I guarantee you. Right now, it looks like we're a shoe in for this, right? Mm -hmm. Let's go look at the house. 214 to 204, okay? 214 to 204. They need 15 seats. We need five. There's 17 seats left. The 17 seats left are where? So you have Alaska, Mary Beltola. She's she's winning. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So that's one seat for them. Um, Kevin Kiley, close race. He's going to win. Amy Barra, Josh Harder. So look, look, I'm going to count Democrats. One, two, three, four, five, um, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So that's ten more seats that the Democrats are going to pick up. Do we have close races? Yep. New York 22. Brandon Williams is only leading by uh, about 1.5%. We have Lauren Burbert. They've been holding this last 1% forever in this county. This isn't a big county. You're talking 250,000 people. How are they have not been done counting? Why? Because the vote count is less than 1,000 votes. And they're waiting to see what happened with Carrie Lake. They're waiting to see if they can steal the rest of them. Lauren Burbert's going to lose. That's my next prediction. Adam Frisch is going to come back and beat Lauren Burbert over the next 1,000 votes. Yeah. You know, if they weren't trying to steal the House as well, we'd be done counting right now. That's right. So they very well could steal the rest of what they need. Now, it's going to be really and... hard for them to steal the House, but I think they're going to go for the House, dude. I mean, Republicans need, what, five more seats, four more seats. This is people. This is not going to be good if they do that, dude. It's obvious. I think, uh, isn't it? Isn't it obvious? I no, mean, the Democrats will all be like, "Nah, man, we we won fair and square, man." Yeah. 
And, and what are they doing right now as they're st- so? And so we talked about various situations where they're going to steal the election. We said that Republicans could have the red wave. We knew it wasn't going to happen because if they lost the election, they hang. Right? Everything's done. The house of cards falls. So they, we knew that that couldn't be the situation. We thought they'd yeah. potentially go in there, take a few of the governor's races, and take the Senate, hold the Senate, and let the Republicans have the House. But we know that if they get the House, if Kevin McCarthy does not get in as Speaker, then they're screwed. Now, Kevin McCarthy does not have the votes to be Speaker. This is why I think that they're going to try to steal the House. Okay? Because if Kevin McCarthy gets in as Speaker... They're okay with giving the House over because basically he controls the gavel. If he does not have the votes, this is why Lauren Burberts and all this stuff is still halted. Yeah. Like, this is them stealing in real time, not giving a shit what you think or say. And you know what's going to happen after this and they get full power, Vince? They're coming for us. They're coming for us. They're They're, full-blown. They are going to fucking... Come for us. You know what? Bring it. Molin Lobby, baby. Bring it. You won't find me. <laughs> I'll be gone. <laughs> In the woods. <laughs> Cold. But alive. But you know what they're also doing now? Oh. Well, how about the uh, the triple-demic? COVID, flu, and RSV. Stirring up a fear. This it, Canada is talking about bringing masks back. Right? Yep. Now we have one of the one of the country's top advisors on vaccination says it's unlikely under 30s will be approved for a fourth COVID vast. ATAGI notes the increased risk of myocarditis. Pfizer and Moderna opening up trust, uh, uh, observational studies watching the children who got the vaccine, studying them for myocarditis because it's coming such a big concern. All legitimate news organizations have fact-checked and editors so that false and misleading information isn't going to the public. Just because you don't like what's being reported doesn't mean it's false citizen journalism. And so this this is a bit Shannon O'Connor here. All legitimate news organizations have fact-checkers and editors so that false and misleading information isn't given to the public. Just because you don't like what's being reported doesn't mean it's false. She says citizen journalism has no system of checks and balances. Yeah, it does. It's called... People could say whatever they want, read it, and then judge it. Where do you think news organizations get their news from? Those same citizen journalists. Yeah, man. Yeah, what That's a baloney. Yep, how about this one? Um, flu spreading early and extraordinarily quick. Look at this. Hmm. Do you, Does anybody remember November of 2020 when Jason and I, and I think Vince, were all talking about this? And I said, these people that are getting vaxxed, watch. This is going to hit. Right during the midterms, during flu season, and flu season's going to come back with a vengeance because these people are immunocompromised. And you're going to see one of the worst flu seasons. They're going to blame it on COVID or whatever, ever. Or I said they're going to blame it on COVID or a new virus. Go back and watch those shows. Boom. Right here. What is it called? It's called flu, RSV, a whole new virus that we haven't seen in a long time. And COVID, all at that same time. Look at that freaking... 13,883 positive flu tests were reported the week ending November 5th, 2022. This is what that chart originally looks like. This is going to be bad. Come December, January, where the peaks are? Mm Mm-hmm. Hello? Yeah. Oh, my God. So you steal an election, and what happens? You run right into a pandemic and right into a world war. This is exactly what we said they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Like... 
Literally. We said, we said, okay, well, they go in and steal the election, but then what are they going to do? They're going to collapse the economy. They're going to bring back a pandemic. They're going to go to World War III. And that's how they shut everybody up and say, look over here, not over here. Uh-oh. All right. We got doom and gloomy. Well, Let's this see. is the, well, listen. This is what we see unfolding. I understand 100%. I'm with you, dude. Trust me. This is what we're seeing unfolding right now. If shit goes this way, shit. this is what's going to happen. Um, it's going that way. There's no question about it. The data's yep. there. Yep. The narrative's it's there. Unfolding as we speak. And, and if. It's insane. You know what I think is going to happen, though? I think the, the shot heard around the world, mm. Arizona. Mm. You got to remember, Arizona had armed patriots watching the boxes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think those people are just going to sit around? No, especially if, if everything's <laughs> stolen like it's going. It, I guarantee they're already getting be, ready. This isn't going to be taken lightly. Nope. By anybody. Nope. Oh. Um, how do you fight a woke ideology? Oh, I wanted to show this one earlier. I was looking for it. This is uh, uh, Hunan province in China um, is now under martial law. They are screaming people that stay inside your homes, don't come out completely under martial law because people were protesting in China against them. Um, I, I have to mention this one. We only got a few minutes left. This mm-hmm. is from the Interfaith Center for Sustainable Development. Seems the Pope and other interfaith are going to rewrite the Ten Commandments. This is the new world religion. This is no joke. This is legit. Between November 6th and 18th, 2022, UN Climate Conference COP27 will take place in the Sinai Peninsula, Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt. Religious communities and religious leaders have a key role to play in addressing climate change and climate justice, which requires deep transformation within society. Um, and they talked about rewriting on Mount Sinai a new Ten Commandments that that God must have made a mistake. They're going to add in saving the planet and climate change. Now, if you remember when Ben Stewart was on Conversations on the Fringe, he said that they're going to create 28 super cities around the world and that nature will be off limits because it's their new religion. A ruthless and monolithic conspiracy. That's what we're dealing with here, people. That is, that's big. That's deep. It is. And how do you take care of school boards? You. This is uh, the this is the Muslim population in Dearborn, Michigan, who found out their kids were being indoctrinated in school with pedophilia material and trans material. So they called up this fucking bulldog. Check, check, take a look at this. Yes, before you guys start the time, I got something for you. Mr. Supervisor here. This is a book. I'd like to read it. Before my three minutes. Now, these are papers. I want you to read it. Read it. All right, so your three minutes have started. Okay, I didn't sit down. Relax. But you got up and you... Oh, but what, I get up? Okay. You know about the books, didn't you? You're the superintendent. You know about the books. There was an email sent to you. Look at it real good. You know about the books. Don't sit here and laugh about these people because they don't have to speak English. These people called me all the way from Dearborn because I'm the activist here. You're not going to sit here and lie to these people. You're not going to humiliate them. You're not going to tell them that you didn't know about the books. Look at me in the eye. Tell me you didn't know about the books. You know about them. Now, what you got to say about it? Nothing. Nothing? Because you know about it. There's an email that was sent. You said 
that you don't even know about the email. There was an agenda you signed. You didn't know you signed it. So don't sit there and look at these people and pretend you didn't know about it. Okay. We are tired and sick of you guys seeing the lying to this community. Excuse me, I'm not done with you. Can you just tone it down a little bit, please? Okay, so this guy basically rips into this guy. Here's the here's the key. I want every because this same thing just happened in Minnesota, in a very very liberal district. A whole bunch of Muslims came out and basically shut down the school board and said, "You're not going to indoctrinate our children." Does anybody know in Muslim culture what happens when you basically betray your family and community like that? Do you know what uh, they do I, to you? I believe it's uh, violent. <laughs> it's, in it's incredibly violent yeah. in nature. Oh and that guy gosh. right there is one of those dudes that you don't want to f- with. He's a big mofo and he went full Scarface on his ass. No, actually not full Scarface, but he's getting there. Yep. And the guy who was the the school board guy is Muslim. Oh, yeah. He, he oh, that guy did probably did that guy did not, not kill that, himself. Oh, I mean, crimes are crimes. I, to me, it's a crime. Um, despite faith, but man, that is yep. not good. Wow, I guys, mean, for I, I forgot to even mention that we were doing Battle of the Streams. Thank you so much for everybody out there. Battle of the Streams are going on. This is how you can help support. The Red Pill Project, the Daily Dose, and everything that we do here. You guys are absolutely awesome. Vader369 gifted a ship. Thank you so much, Vader369. Um, Gump, $1 on, uh, on, on Rumble. Thank you so much, Gump. I don't want to hear about an announcement of 2024. If the elections are rigged, then what's the p- Exactly my point, Gump. Exactly the point. Oil Man 94 gifted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cookies. Thank you so much, Oil Man. The uh, Still Bad 2 gifted a cookie. That's some good info. Thank you so much, Still Bad 2. Vader369 gifted one, two, three, four cookies, one can, and t- another cookie. Thank you so much, Vader369. Just Jules gifted a cookie. Thank you so much, Just Jules. Low clearance, $2 on Rumble. FTX is the linchpin. Thank you so much, low clearance. Me, Brenda, gifted five one-month subscriptions to users in the channel. Thank you so much, me, Brenda. You guys are awesome. Climb BMX gifted five one-month subscriptions to users in the channel. Thank you so much, Climb BMX. Vader369 gifted some shades. Thank you so much, Vader. Shannon1313 donated one ice cream and uh, 12 lemons. Thank you so much, Shannon. RPG3573, two ice creams, and Yay donated three ice creams and another three ice creams from Shannon. Thank you so much, RPG, Yay, and Shannon. You guys are absolutely awesome. Much appreciated for all the donations tonight. Uh, much love, you guys. We're not going to look into the P63 that, uh, con- that, that crashed in uh, Texas. It was kind of interesting that it did correlate with a Q post in a sense. I thought that was really cool. I posted about that. But as for the P-63 flying into the B-51, there is nothing suspicious about that. It was 100% pilot error. He went nose blind in his turn, um, and that's a very, very dangerous turn to be into. There is nothing significant about that. Yeah, I know it was in Dallas, all this stuff, but... Um, I've gone over it with people, friends of mine who are pilots. I went over it and seen the videos on it. Uh, mm-hmm. This was a very, very tragic event. There's nothing significant about it. There's nothing significant about the pilots. It was just a shitty accident that really did happen. Uh, but uh, who won the Battle of the Streams, Vince? Pilled. Pilled. Pilled won it. Much love, respect, guys. God bless you. I hope you guys have a fantastic night. We're going to be with you tomorrow, and we'll be live during the Trump announcement. We'll cut right to the Trump announcement. And we'll take it from there. So hope you guys have a great night. See you guys tomorrow.